Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, welcome. This is the Real Worst Stocks podcast, and where we talk about individual stocks investing principles. And my name is Stephen Gamble. So first of all, we're going to give a brief overview of Real Worst Stocks. Are you confused about which stocks to buy? Do you not have a lot of time to do stock research? Would you like to improve your investing? So Real Worst Stocks has two services that might be able to help you. Firstly, we offer a free newsletter for people wanting to improve their investing. So we give general investing advice and some stock write-ups. And secondly, we have a monthly subscription service where we offer monthly buy and sell alerts for the stocks that we do in-depth research reports on. And we follow three proven strategies, Ben Graham NetNets, Small Cap Value and Merger Arbitrage. We also offer a one-month no-quibble risk-free guarantee. So if you try our service and you change your mind within one month, we'll refund your money, no questions asked. So now we're going to talk about one of our investing strategies, which is Ben Graham NetNets. So what do Ben Graham and Warren Buffett have in common? Well, they both invested in NetNets and Warren Buffett now, his, his portfolio is too big to invest in NetNets. Ben Graham was able to invest in NetNets consistently through his investing career because he returned money to his investors and kept his fund size small. So we're looking at smaller stocks with NetNets. But what is a NetNet and how do I value it? So we're going to answer these couple of questions. What is a NetNet indeed? And how to calculate the net current asset value and the margin of safety? So a net net is a business that's worth more if it was liquidated than the cost to buy the whole company in the market. So if you take the market cap of the stock, that is less than the value that you would get if you just liquidated the company and shut it down. So that means that it's really very cheap. And most companies aren't that cheap in the market. And indeed, in the United States and in the UK, there's fairly few net nets as a proportion of the stocks in the stock market. So I'm going to explain how to calculate the net current asset value and the margin of safety. What we do is we look at the value of the current assets only. We don't consider the non-current assets. So we only consider assets which are likely to be converted into cash in one year or less. From that, we can subtract the current liabilities and the long-term liabilities. So we're subtracting all of the liabilities from the company just from the current assets. And then we're left with what we call the net current asset value, uh, NCAV. So that's how you calculate the net current asset value. So for margin of safety, we can compare that net current asset value to the market cap of the stock. So if the market cap of the stock is lower than the net current asset value, then the difference between those is the margin of safety. So Ben Graham recommended to have approximately one third um, margin of 33% or more margin of safety. So that means that the market cap should be two thirds at the most of the net current asset value. And the reason for that is that the net current asset value could change over time, maybe it could go down. And there's also random fluctuations in prices in the stock markets. But if you have that margin of safety, then the chances of the stock price going down are much less. Next, I'm going to explain three simple rules that we can apply to avoid poor net nets and to pick out the better ones. So the first rule is avoid melting ice cubes. So what does that mean in the context of stocks? Well, a melting ice cube, you could think of it as the ice cubes represent the net current assets. So if a company is losing money every year, that they're making a loss, then the ice cube of the assets is melting. So it's melting away 
and the value that you have is melting away. So companies that are particularly prone to this are things like biotechs, uh, where the, the people raise a lot of money to go and investigate a new drug, a potential pipeline of new drugs, and a lot of them don't work out. So they, they try a drug, they bring it to clinical trials, and then for one reason or another, it doesn't work. And so some of these companies may lose money for five to 10 years while they're investigating the drug candidates, and then the drug candidate may not work out at all at the end. So and they may consistently lose money. So even if they even if they have more cash than the market cap of the stock, they're going to be using that cash every year to fund their R and D. So that their the current asset net current asset value is going to decline over time. Another category of companies which are can be net nets and which tend to lose money are speculative mining stocks. Again, they raise a lot of capital. And then they go and spend that capital on doing drilling and searching for resources. It's different when a company has found the resources, although it still needs a lot of capital to develop those. But uh, in that exploratory phase, they're particularly risky. So that's another type of net net to avoid. And then another type of net net, which I find is challenging to invest in and get a good return is uh, retail net nets. And that's because of the high operating leverage. So they may have a net current asset value that's higher than their market cap, but because of the high operating leverage, if they have a bad year or sales go down, they can quickly make a large loss. And so they can wipe out that margin of safety pretty fast. So that's one that I tend to avoid is retail net nets. So my second rule for avoiding poor quality net nets is avoid poor quality current assets. So the best current asset that you can possibly have is cash because um, cash can be paid out to shareholders and dividends. It can be used for share buybacks. And it's very attractive if the company's trading below net cash. If I find a, a net cash net net, that would be very attractive because you can actually buy um, a dollar for less than a dollar essentially if you buy shares in that company. So that's very attractive to potential acquirers, to management buyouts. Um, to the board to distribute cash to the shareholders. So that's um, the best kind of net net is a net cash one. And there have been those existing in the past and you can still find them sometimes. The next type of current assets is receivables. So receivables are essentially the promise to pay. So you've sold something and you've billed your customer for it, but you have not yet received the money. So it's counted as a receivable. Now you can see, and I've got like this picture of a calculator here, and it's gathering dust. And that's because sometimes some of our receivables can also gather dust. They may sit there for quite a while in the balance sheet without being paid. And there we get into questions of, will the customer pay their bills? And so will you collect all the money? So receivables aren't quite as good as cash. And also depends on which company the receivables are owed to as well. Or is it is it a consumer? Is it a large company? Do you have concentration risk? Maybe you've got one large customer who who owes a lot of money, will they pay their bill on time? And any small business owner will know that a large part of their time is probably spent chasing other people to pay their bills. So receivables have to be chased up and they're less certain than cash that you have in your hand. And the third type of current assets that we can have on the balance sheet is inventory. So here you can see a picture of a warehouse with lots of inventory in it. And this isn't as good as receivables because it's goods that you haven't yet sold. So they may or may not be able to be turned into cash. 
It also depends what value the inventory is carried on on the balance sheet as well. Some inventory is better than others as well. I would value a commodity like steel or metals that have a market price can be readily turned into cash over some inventory like clothing, for example, which may or may not be in fashion uh, when it's supposed to be sold. So some inventory is better than others and you can use your common sense to figure out which inventory types are better. So a summary then, um, cash is the best, then receivables, then inventory. And at each stage, you're moving further away from a readily realizable thing, which is cash. So in summary, cash is best, then receivables, then inventory. And so when I look at a net net, I'm going to look at what is the balance between these three things. I love to see lots of cash, um, some receivables and, and not much inventory. But there, you can have a good net net with uh, plenty of receivables as well and even plenty of inventory. It depends on the net net in question. So the third rule is to avoid an insufficient margin of safety. So we recall that the net current asset value minus the market cap gives you your margin of safety and you can express that as a percentage. So if the margin of safety is very small, Ben Graham recommended 33% at least. If it's maybe 10%, 20%, then just the random fluctuations in the stock price or small changes in the net current asset value could wipe out that margin of safety in the stock. So I would stick to net nets with a, a good margin of safety. Now we're going to switch to look at a real life example of a net net. I'm going to calculate the net current asset value. And for this, I've picked a company called Orchard Funding Group, uh, ticker ORCH, which is listed on the London Stock Exchange. So we're going to show the 2022 annual report and accounts and look at the balance sheet to calculate the net current asset value. So here's the balance sheet for Orchard Funding Group. This is the assets page. So we can see non-current assets here. We're going to disregard those. And current assets is made up of loans to customers and cash and equivalents. So it's about 37 million loans to customers, about just under 5 million cash. And so we've got total current assets, 42.1 million. So we'll scroll down to look at the liabilities. Total liabilities, 32.2. So that means uh, that the net current asset value is 9.9 .9 million pounds. So if we look at the market cap for Orchard Funding Group, we can see that it is 8 million pounds. So the net current asset value is 9.9, .9, market cap 8. So then that would be 19% margin of safety which is not sufficient to make it a Ben Graham net net. It is a net net, but it's not that two thirds net current asset value uh, Ben Graham net net. So the margin of safety is a little bit less here in terms of the quality of the current assets. So accounts receivable in this case, this company does um, financing for insurance premiums and it finances insurance brokers who then finance their customers. So instead of paying their insurance premium for their house or their car in one go, they one annual payment, they make monthly payments and they're financed by this company through the insurance brokers. These receivables are quite good because if the customer doesn't pay for their insurance and their monthly payments, their insurance is cancelled. Uh, unlike other finance on, on a car or whatever, there's no physical goods to have to chase or reclaim. So because the product is intangible, um, it can be withdrawn by the company immediately. And it's a legal requirement to have car insurance, for example. So 
lot of these insurance customers will not cancel their contracts or refuse to pay them. And so those, if they don't pay, um, the mon that money is non-recourse to Orchard Funding Group. So their levels of non-payment on their receivables are very, very low. And also those receivables are all due within one year. So historically speaking, they've had very low losses. So I would count those receivables at full value on the balance sheet. They also have about five million in cash, but it's mostly um, receivables here. And there's really no inventory because it's a financial company. So I want to give a real life example of investing in a net net. So just after the pandemic in May 2020, I invested in a company called Czar. It was a company which made uh, printing heads for printing and ceramic tiles and other applications. So that was around the start of May uh, 2020. And it had reached a low during the pandemic um, of about 18 pence per share after falling from a price of about 250 pence per share. And that was not just due to the pandemic, it was also due to the fact that the, the board at the time was spending a lot on R&D and making a loss. So they were taking all their profits and spending a huge amount on R&D and a new technology, which, which wasn't working out well. So basically that management was ousted a new management took over and they changed the strategy of the company. They stopped all the R&D on that and then the company became profitable again. So they turned it around. So I bought in about um, about 44 pence and in the start of May 2020. And then I sold at 135 pence round about um, the end of January 2021. So made it roughly 190% return in about nine months. So that's um, that's pretty good for a net-net. Not all of them work out as well as that. So in this case, the catalyst that, that turned it around was the change of management and the change of strategy. So when I bought Czar, it was actually trading net below net cash. So it was trading um, below the, the value of the cash that it had. All the inventory was counted at zero. The receivables were counted at zero. So really difficult to see a much downside there and potential for an upside as the company turned around. So that's a real life example of a net net. I hope you've enjoyed this brief foray into net net investing. And if you want to get more information about net nets, you can sign up for our free email updates at www.realworthstocks.com. And you can also follow me on X, formerly called Twitter, at realworthstocks. And you can also read articles on our website at realworthstocks.com. I have written up uh, some net nets and will no, no doubt write up some more in future. Thank you again for listening and hopefully see you again soon. Bye for now.